Jazzo with you tonight. This is Homegrown All Australian Music. And I want to take you back to this ska scene of the early 1980s. But in particular, a band who are very famous alongside another one called No Nonsense, Strange Tenants. And this was one of their singles at that time, Soldier Boy. following in the early 80s, especially around Melbourne and Sydney. Strange Tenants there and Soldier Boy. And they're back with a brand new album. There's a tour. It's a pleasure to welcome Bruce Hearn. Hey Bruce, how are you going? Good. Good, thanks Jane. 37 years is a long time in Australian <laughs> music terms. Yes, it's for, for, for a band that I thought would last about six months, it's uh, certainly, uh, yeah, stretched out a bit, doesn't it? There was such a great scene back in those days. I mean, you had yourselves and the all-nighters who were big favourites as well. And I guess, you know, the wonderful thing about ska music is it never ages. It never sounds like it belongs in a certain era. No, well, and I guess when, when in the early 80s when we sort of, when we started, it, it had never been heard of anything like that in Australia. So it was fresh. It was really new. Basically, all you had at the time was sort of pub rock or sort of synthesized haircut sort of pop band <laughs> there wasn't much in between and so we came along and as you said in Sydney there was the all-nighters and with this whole fresh approach to music you know with trombones and keyboards and stuff and uh, it just sort of took off like wildfire and somehow it's it, it lasted we're like we're lucky I mean we, we've had unfortunately we had our drummer passed passed away last year but apart from that Jeff and we've dedicated our new album to to uh, to Jeff but apart from that we've we've got the core of the band that's been going since the early 80s you know which yeah. is pretty pretty remarkable you know you, you either murder each other <laughs> and, and hate each other or you just bond and we've just sort of developed this real strong brotherhood yeah and that's what's been able to sustain us at the peak of your career i think there was something like four singles two albums we put out a couple of what well, in those days it was quite popular to put out uh, an ep you know, mm-hmm. extended play which was like a mini album so we put out sort of three mini albums yeah three mini a couple albums, of albums. Yeah. but we were always independent an indep- completely independent band so we never had a record company behind us we never got sort of you know much interest from you know commercial airplay and stuff like that but the fan base just sustained us now back in the day you were lucky enough because you were one of the few bands that played this kind of music and fiercely independent as you say you didn't have to get into bed with record companies nor promoters for that matter I guess You got to share the stage with some bloody awesome bands, life-changing bands, and I'm talking Style Council and uh, UB40. You too. Do you remember any of it? Is it too long ago? No, no, well, if you remember it, you weren't there. And I'm trying to think, it would have been about 1984. It was, the, obviously, it was. I think it was the, would have been the first time that you 2 came to Australia. But we'd just finished recording, our, finished recording our very first album, and it was sort of a late notice sort of thing. We got this call, would, would you guys like to support you too, you know, and we said, <laughs> oh yeah, all right. <laughs> Didn't think that much about it. It was pretty, pretty, pretty amazing. Cap, was Bono guess, nice to you? To be honest, he was a bit, he was a bit, they were a little bit aloof, I have oh, to that's say. Okay. I, I totally compared, get that. Compared to, for instance, when we travelled with um, Style Council oh. and Paul, Paul Weller had, was a, uh, is, a, is afraid of flights and so he, he managed to knock himself out, I think, with pills and grog to fly from London to Australia. But then within Australia, he just 
uh, travel by train. So he hired a train <laughs> with a whole carriage, with, with a bar, with a restaurant thing all set up, and both bands partied on, jammed, had a jam session, playing on with food and drink from Melbourne to Sydney. That sounds he, amazing. That's well, 10 hours was, of party fun. Oh, it was unbelievable. He was such a, a really down-to-earth sort of guy, whereas I have to say, the U2 guys... I think they sort of thought they were something a little bit above oh, yeah. uh, the rest of us. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I guess that happens, you know. Uh, you got a brand new album. It's called Militant Style, and it's fantastic. I've got a laugh. It's taken us 37 years to get a really good producer. Part of the problem was with that, when we started out in the early 80s, no one in the music industry had any experience with sort of ska, reggae sort of type music. <gasps> it was all meat and potatoes rock. Or sort of synthesised, yeah. light, very light sort of stuff, and, yeah. and not much else. And so we were st- we were desperate to find some music engineers in studios that could help us get the sort of sound. So this time with this album, my, my brother, brother and I were talking about it, and we we had been lucky enough to do a finally do an overseas tour. We played with Jimmy Cliff in London and did a sort of a three week tour back about four or five years ago. And through those connections, we made a connection with uh, Roger Lomas, who's an engineer out of Coventry. And Coventry's where oh, the two... Coventry the is the birthplace of Scar. Exactly. And <laughs> Ro- Ro- Roger has produced for the specials, the selector, you know, like he's won Grammys. We sent him a few of our songs and I said, look, any chance you'd be interested in mixing and putting together our album? He said, I'd love the songs. I'd love to do it. And it's the best sounding uh, thing we've ever produced. So, you know, we're really, really pleased. It's taken us 37 years to get our shit together. Oh, Look, better late than never. Did it ever? Did it ever bother you back in the day that it never kind of went gangbusters for you? Always kind of stayed uh, on the yeah. periphery. Were you happy yeah. with that? I've got mixed feelings about it. At the at the time, we, to be honest, we were a little bit pissed off. You yeah, know? it must, like, be, must have been frustrating. <laughs> well, it was frustrating because on a live at at the live level, there was hardly a band in Australia. Uh, probably, you know, there was Midnight Oil, I guess. But apart from that, like we would we would go on. Between in about five years, we did twelve hundred gigs. Wow, that's which crazy. is just—I mean, we were that's playing crazy. five, six nights a week. We were doing two, sometimes we were doing two, three gigs a day. We'd do a lunchtime gig. We'd do two at night. How we did it, I, I look looking back, I don't know. But we we generated this massive following, but we still couldn't get any interest from radio stations. It was frustrating. Your national tour takes you to Brisbane, Sydney, two dates in Sydney, in fact, yeah. uh, Adelaide and Melbourne. Yep. And uh, you can find those dates just about everywhere. But basically from the 10th of November onwards, you are on the road. Strange yep. Tenants is the band. And we're going to pull something off the brand new album. Hey, Bruce Hearn, it's been absolutely brilliant chatting to you. And uh, I look forward to the uh, revival of Strange Tenants. Fabulous, Jane. Thanks for having us. Here's We Are The Firm from the Strange Tenants on Triple M.